I started reading that Corpse Bride AU. Which one's which? Who's 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 the corpse and who's who's the bride? The bride? <laughs> Wait, no, they're the same thing. Um, so <laughs> Javert is the corpse bride, uh-huh. and like it, one of the tags was surprisingly canon compliant, and I, <laughs> I've like got to the point where I like I'm only what am I? I'm not I'm not halfway through yet in it, but not super deep in it. And yeah, I was like, wow, this is surprisingly canon compliant. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of just I think it's just going to be filling in the blank from uh, Cosette and Marius preparing to get married to Jean Valjean sadding to death mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm excited I'm enjoying it so far This is Brennan Barricade's Alimus podcast. I'm your host, Nemo. I use they, them pronouns. And today I learned about a group of people called, oh, what are they called? The British Mullet Society? <laughs> the National Mullet Ooh. Club. Na- oh, it's a club. Yeah, it's not a society, which is sad. I feel like they should be the, nas- the National Mullet Society. Um, which was founded in 1975 with the aims of promoting interest and efficiency in the sporting capture of the three species of mullet found in British waters <gasps> and the conservation of these fish. And apparently, <laughs> uh, they are very hardcore about these three species of mullet that probably aren't actually three species of mullet. And I learned this today in with uh, my boss at the Natural History Museum, who has to uh, sign off when somebody says that they've caught the biggest fish in British waters. He's the one to be like, yes, this is the British (laughs) fish. Oh my God, that's such a good Uh, job. Yeah, right. (laughs) And apparently it's very highly contentious and the certificates that they get are like so prestigious. But then it was either the National Mullet Club or... I think it was the National Mullet Club where people found out that if they put a goldfish in a pond, it would go grey and look like the grey mullet. And so they were like breeding these like huge goldfish into these like fake grey mullets. And then there was like this huge crackdown on it. They found out and then like they put the put the the like goldfish back in aquariums and they turned gold again and they like stripped loads of people of their fake of their certificates because they were like you're not fit to be part of the (laughs) national mullet club (laughs) um so that was a highly exciting part of my day today that's amazing i wish i could segue straight into upholding the law um but hold that thought i guess um stevie your primary researcher she had pronouns by the time this comes out, it will have been true for a while. But in real time, I turned older yesterday. Yeah. And then and I... you share the birthday with two amazing... I do. The most important day of the year for the most important three people. <laughs> <laughs> Myself, AO3, and Mothman. Is it just the <laughs> Mothman statue or is it Mothman? I think it's Mothman full stop. Ha <laughs> ha. Yeah. We all belong together. Yeah. <laughs> Truly, have you have you seen all three in the same room? I mean, Stevie and AO3. But <laughs> <laughs> and I am, could, you don't know, I could be Mothman. I feel like if you said that you were Mothman, I would believe you. <laughs> I was, was going to go, I, I would, <laughs> as if I had been caught by Mothman. But 
then I didn't want to commit to the bit. But but I guess you just did. <laughs> I would let you live if you uh, disclosed my secret identity as Mark Man. Ah, oh, thank you. <laughs> well, I don't know. I feel like I should be uh, cut off for being a narc. I wouldn't want to like ruin your livelihood and safety. We're all friends here. It's just you, me, and our 40 people who listen. <laughs> <laughs> and now each and every one of them knows that you are Mothman. Mm. <laughs> Stevie AO3 Mothman, I name you for the <laughs> <laughs> The three bravest parts of <laughs> November twenty twenty. Which is not even I can't even <laughs> Um Speaking uh. of not being able to mm. Speaking of can't even um mm. So the chapter title today is How Javert Came to Find the Bird Had Flown. And you know how I kind of just like look at the shape of things and my brain's like, this is probably what that says. And I have to check. I first read this as How Javert Came to Find His Bird, bird Had Flown. And oh. I literally like, was like, <gasps> and then I was like, wait, reread that. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so your first fanfic in this uh in this uh in god words in this pairing is going to be his bird had flown yes i like chapter title already i had been through a roller coaster of emotions with this one, <laughs> with this one. because so we've just had all the events of jean valjean figuring he's being chased being chased kind of getting away the events of which we have just seen the reverse side, as it were, unfold in the most straightforward manner. So we're going to get them all again. But now it's Javert POV. <laughs> yeah, we kind of just get like, pretty much from the moment that Javert last saw Jean Valjean, actually, that we're like, oh, from the deathbed. But then he escaped, probably to Paris, because no forest hides a man as effectively as this throng of the city. Um, so apparently that's like quite a thing fugitives would go to Paris because you can just sort of get lost in the crowd um, and then this is still paragraph one I've already been through a roller coaster of emotions and then I was hit with they go to Paris to be swallowed up there is salvation in being swallowed up <laughs> <laughs> alright Victor you go All right. I know it's not a poor thing but <laughs> well do you know that Stevie? I don't know, Do you know that, that you know categorically. Have you read any sources that say it's not a war thing? That's true. And it was just the like, you know, one, you know, swallowed up once. You can kind of <laughs> ignore that, but it's it was just the immediate then there is a salvation in being swallowed up. Is he it gets meant swallowed to be a quite a lot actually? <laughs> Does he? Yeah, he gets swallowed by the sewers and he gets swallowed by uh, the darkness? What was the other one? He gets swallowed by something else. But I definitely remember the phrasing he gets swallowed up by. Uh, <laughs> so this is just Jean Paul Jean's war adventure? Yeah. And if you donate to our Kofi, if you donate <laughs> 20 pounds to our Kofi, I will write and he gets vored in my PhD. <laughs> which... <laughs> I'm going to pay that. <laughs> um, if if five people, <laughs> um, I was gonna say something else. Oh yeah, when do you, do you know when um like 
I'm trying to not call it the reverse shot, but like when like two strands of the story happen. Do you know when that started happening in literature in like books? Of like, let's say we're following Jean Valjean and then we cut to Javert following him. Does that exist in literature before the reverse shot became a thing in, in film? Yeah, it must have done because he's doing it here, isn't he? No, but he did a chapter on Jean Valjean and then a chapter on Javert. Oh, but I mean, like in, the... like in the same, like paragraph one, we're on Jean Valjean. Paragraph two, we're on Javert. Ah. Oh, I don't know. I'm trying to think of books that I've read and now my brain's like you've never read anything (laughs) yeah same which is why I was like I don't know I don't know I don't know because I guess it would be a weird thing is it a weird thing to read I'm so in film world right Mm. now that I'm like I can't imagine that happening in a book (laughs) but I'm sure it must definitely happens in fix because I've read it um (laughs) I don't know I'll look that up later by which I mean I'll immediately forget as soon as I say the next <laughs> line of this book. <laughs> and is it even called a reverse shot? Let me just double check that. Linear storytelling is when you just tell story from A to B. Non-linear is when you change the order of events. I want it to be just called like side-by-side storytelling, something easy, <laughs> and I know it definitely won't be called that. Uh, short reverse shot is when it's uh, yeah one character looking at another character and then switching mm. between them. But that's not what I was talking about. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what to Google to get this answer. We're just going to have to flick through our books, Nima. Oh, God. <laughs> For the uh, Reading. <laughs> your crime audiobook I'm listening to at work right now does that, but usually there's at least a line break. But the, mm. the person who's narrating it, because it's audiobook, doesn't like take the pauses very much so it is actually very confusing where you're like wait so wait who are we now okay what when did the first car chases happen? <laughs> <laughs> okay this is a rabbit hole yeah. um. <laughs> where were we at war <laughs> yeah i guess that's what yeah that where is where where we were <laughs> um the police knew about this uh the city of paris warring criminals so <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So Javert was summoned to Paris to assist in the search of Jean Valjean, and his zeal and intelligence was noted by Monsieur Chaboulet. Mm-hmm. Was that close? Yep. Um, he shipped with Javert. Aha! Uh-huh. He is the secretary of the prefecture, prefecture, mm. and. He was already a patron of Javert and arranged for the inspector to be transferred to Paris, I guess to be closer to him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there, Javert in various ways made himself useful and let us say unexpected as the word may seem with regard to such services, honourably so. I just, Sorry, I just went on the Chabouillet Javert uh, AO3 and like... 20 out of 25 of them are explicit, <laughs> which is like a bigger ratio than I, uh, than is usual, right? Mm. Like usually it's like mostly gen or teen with some explicit, but I was scrolling down and it was like E, 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 People e, who ship e, this know exactly e, what they want. E, 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 M, M, M. T E E E G E E E 
Yeah. One little gen <laughs> slipped in under the door. There's literally only one gen and one teen. Everything else is explicit or mature. That's wild. Um, well, I guess that makes sense because during his time there, Javert had stopped thinking about Jean Valjean. He's got a new man on the brain. <laughs> uh, and we get for the very extensive list of Javert being described as an animal, he's likened to a dog that um distracted by yesterday's fox by today's fox. So he's not thinking about Jean Valjean. And he never reads newspapers, except for this one time where he did read the <laughs> newspaper. <laughs> that, and it just happened to be the one that pronounced uh, Jean Valjean dead. And all he said was, well, there's no escape from that place. Like, <laughs> good one, Javert. Got him. <laughs> and then he threw that paper away and he thought no no more about it. Yeah. There's like, with Javert, I can see why people write him the way they do in fix. And then also mm. where you were coming from with the like, oh, but also he's not completely obsessed with Jean Valjean. Mm. Because depending on the chapter... <laughs> it could go either way because like at the beginning of this chapter he's like didn't even think about it and then other chapters it's like the ecstasy of finding this man who he can't stop thinking about yeah I like my hmm earlier was because uh, I was like I had just finished watching the BBC Lemers where they have made the creative decision to go hardcore on the Javert has a personal vendetta against mm. Jean Valjean who he thinks is the master criminal of all things in Paris and like is the worst human being alive to but you're right it's already inconsistent in the novel yeah. where Javert is like but then I but then uh, equally Javert is um as gleeful rounding up other criminals when we see him um later rounding up to Nadia's gang uh he is very gleeful and ecstatic about doing that okay so, you're not special Jean Valjean <laughs> yeah exactly we just don't see him interact with like anyone uh we see him with Fontaine I guess as well who he thinks is a criminal yeah and he was I pretty excited really about that yeah yeah okay okay well right now he's in a don't even remember that name, Mode. <laughs> he gets a report on his desk about the abduction of a child from Montfermé, um, who is said to be Cosette, the daughter of Fontaine. And he's like, oh, I remember that. Mm. He remembered that Jean Valjean had made him burst out laughing by asking for three days' grace in order to go fetch that creature's <laughs> child. <laughs> what a memory. I do love, though, that if you, like, as with most things, if you take off half the sentence, it reads completely different. But, like, he remembered when Jean Valjean had <laughs> made him burst out loud. It's, like, a very uh, cute thing to say. <laughs> he makes me laugh. <laughs> Just little Javert things. <laughs> um, so he, when he reads that report, is like, ah, oh, fond memories. But uh, not really his, his super business, I guess, is the way he felt about that. Uh, he had heard that, you know, a stranger had come and stolen her. Could it be Jean Valjean? But Jean Valjean is dead. Could it be he? <laughs> he does go check it out, actually. So I guess he was not so. The past is in the past. Uh, and the Tenardiers for the first couple of days have so much to say for themselves. It cause a whole like, oh, and she was stolen. Ah. And then Tenardier kind of realizes like, oh, wait, if I've got all these police in here, they're going to see that I'm doing some shady business. <laughs> Um, who's Cosette? 
Oh, that kid, uh, her granddad came and uh, got her. Um, yeah. He was a good man with some money. Um, no problems here, nothing to see here, officer. Move along, move along. And Javert's like, well, I guess. He's dead. Jean Valjean is dead, so... <laughs> <laughs> it couldn't be anyone else. <laughs> Sorry, I just kept trapped on the line I'd underlined of Javert calling himself a fool. <laughs> uh, yeah, because, uh, sorry, so Tenardier had given a fake name for this granddad. Um, and Javert's like, yes, he's dead. I'm a fool for thinking otherwise. And then, so he's now in Paris and he hears some talk about an odd character who's been nicknamed the beggar who gives alms to the poor. Which isn't really a nickname. <laughs> when, you, when you think about the title, maybe would have been better. But nickname is the word they use here, uh, and that starts ringing some little bells. But it couldn't be. He's dead. Oh, but I, now I'm hearing he's got a horrible old, horrible old yellow coat. <laughs> Objectively, because it's not coming from anyone but the public opinion. <laughs> <laughs> this disgusting coat. <laughs> but it's worth several million because he's padded it out with banknotes, mm. and that oh that that does feel awful. But but he's dead. It could not be. So <laughs> he does the uh, the switcheroo with the old man informer who, as we remember in the past, Jean Valjean had given alms to until he was like, oh, "Those eyes. No, it couldn't be Javert. I'm crazy." <laughs> Javert has the exact same moment where he's like, I'll go check it out. I'll go pretend to be this old man. <gasps> Those eyes! Jean Valjean! No, it cannot be! Was that song, Hands Touch, Eyes Meet? <laughs> Did we make reference to that last time? Because I was still playing in my head. <laughs> it, it, like, the, it's... Sorry, I can't even get the words out. <laughs> At that moment, Javert looked up and the shock that Jean Valjean had... Thinking he recognized Javert, Javert also had thinking he recognized Valjean, and our eyes met. <laughs> That's very gay. <laughs> <laughs> but it's still dark out, and the darkness may be deceiving him. Javert still had doubts, serious doubts. And when in doubt, Javert, a scrupulous man, never collared anybody. That mm. I was like, uh, yeah, okay, I guess we've not seen him not do the law good. But I was still mm. like, oh scrupulous yeah i think there was that I, I think we did mention it before of the like um the police how people saw the police uh in this time was different to how we see the police now mm. of like now it has been institutionalized that they are um i mean in britain and in america uh the boys in blue kind of thing of like they've got a uniform and they're all like um protecting the law <laughs> Um, but in that in the nineteenth century, it it wasn't like the police force was. It was brand new, mm. and it was like uh, they were still getting. I say getting their shit together as if they ever get their shit together, <laughs> mm. but um, step get one: some shit together into an order that looks respectable. Mm -hmm. um, and I I think it is supposed to be surprising that Javert. I mean, it's kind of also surprising to us to see a cop who doesn't, like, immediately do police brutality yeah, or, like, assume, uh, what's it called, uh, the innocent until proven guilty yeah. um, thing that we at least have in the UK, um, that 
Javert does stand by innocent until proven guilty. <laughs> and like, can you believe? Yeah. Can you believe that even this trash person? <laughs> um, but yeah, I did find it quite interesting. It's quite he, Hugo mentions it quite a lot in this chapter, doesn't he? Or like, there's quite it's quite a long thing of like you know any doubt at all was still doubt. Yeah, there's some interesting police stuff coming up on the next page. And like, I guess he has said before that like. Javert's problem is that he's the law too much. Mm. That I guess I hadn't been like equaling that to like, and he's he's usually a good law, a good a good boy, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was like, oh, yeah. okay, I'm meant to be reading you as scrupulous right now, and one who never collars anybody. Uh, so he's looking for more evidence before he just is like, you're probably who I'm looking for. Off we go. <laughs> Um, yeah. so he like speaks to the landlady he he was that man with the candle light that was going through the keyhole that Jean Valjean was <laughs> looking through uh, that one night that spooked Jean Valjean into realizing someone's probably on his tail um, but it's still dark and he can't 100% confirm still so Javert had gone back to the police headquarters for support um, but hadn't said I'm after presumed dead Jean Valjean but not because he thought he'd get made fun of but because he was like well if I if he was to be brought in that would look so good on whoever does it that they will definitely not let it be me and it has to be me (laughs) he was afraid of being robbed of his hardened offender Mm -hmm. and then this chapter was just like full of uh, just little things Things about Javert. Lastly, just little Javert things. Little Javert things. That, that's what you said. I, you literally just said it. I already couldn't remember it. <laughs> Lastly, because Javert, being an artist, had a taste for the unexpected. Mm. Is he an artist? Is that does that make its way into many fics? There's, um, there's a really good uh, comic series uh, right now, which is based on a fanfic, um, which is that. Javert is good at like life drawing and it's it's a Valvert thing. Well it's canon. Um yeah, it's called Life Drawing by Franco based on uh the fic Life Drawing by Dr. Calvin. And it's a very well done comic. But I think I think Hugo means artist in the way of like his craft is as a police officer. Yeah. yeah. That makes more sense, but I like to imagine that he also was doing like charcoal. Yeah, <laughs> like he's the one who does the wanted poster for Jean Valjean, but it's like ridiculously beautifully rendered <laughs> with long, luscious eyes, <laughs> the most humble lips, humble full lips, surprisingly yeah. full for such humble lips. It was a really funny post um, yesterday as well. I. There's been a lot of really good Valver content coming out in the last couple of weeks, and I don't know where it's come from, but um, somebody did a uh, a comparison between um, the BBC Les Mis wanted poster for Valjean and the Shoujo Cazette wanted <laughs> poster for Valjean, and Shoujo Cazette being an anime, it, like, you know, the actual character of Valjean is very simply drawn, like, basically six lines, some eyes, a nose. <laughs> But the like wanted poster is like hyper realistic drawing of a man. 
<laughs> and then the like in the BBC Lemers, which is obviously a BBC drama, so it has Dominic West. The drawing of him on the wanted poster looks absolutely nothing <laughs> like him at all. It's like some random man. And they dedicate so much time to Javert, like with this like the uh, forensic drawer. Mm, something like that. You know, ye old you know. version. <laughs> yeah, um, and he's like, "No, make the chin more pronounced." Yeah, blah, blah. <laughs> Which is, so it's like this is what Jean Valjean, not Jean Valjean. This is what Javert thinks Jean Valjean looks mm. like, and it's this like startlingly handsome man. <laughs> he sees to the soul of the matter. <laughs> God, I love that for Javert. He was just getting his fan art commissioned. <laughs> Yeah, using police time. <laughs> we do love to see that. <laughs> um, even so, during the whole beginning of the chase scene, there was moments, you know, where Jean Valjean was like, okay, I'm probably like 10 minutes away from them, so I'm good to like choose what little alley I'm going to run down, whatever it is. Even when Jean Valjean... God! <laughs> <laughs> Even when Jean Valjean felt safest, Javert's eyes were on him. Mm. So where's my uh, AMV of Valver with I'll Be Watching You on <laughs> <laughs> in the background? I, it, there must be. If there's not, I'm going to be so disappointed. <laughs> Find that for me later. Uh, so his eyes are always on Jean Valjean, but still not sure if it is indeed Jean Valjean. And it must be remembered that at the time, things were not exactly comfortable for the police. So basically, because now there's a free press and people can like tell stories when things go bad, <laughs> um, after several arbitrary arrests, which were denounced by the newspapers, uh, there had been like this big stare in Parliament, which had made police authorities apprehensive, and that's what's getting them to be so careful that they're like, oh, we can't be shit mm. because someone will say and then they like <laughs> follow through on the like i've got to be more careful and i was like wow imagine can you imagine <laughs> wow wild violating the freedom of the individual was a serious matter and policemen were afraid of making a mistake a mistake <laughs> meant getting the sack oh my god oh my god it's, this this chapter literally started with a like ha 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 and then you end it just like oh when yeah. did that stop? When did that stop? I need to wait. Let me write that down. Uh. So I was doing research on who the historical consultant was for BBC Les Mis. And it's got this guy called Robert Toombs, I think. And he also writes for a newspaper in the UK called The Telegraph, which is, uh, it calls itself a respectable <laughs> newspaper, but it, it really isn't. Um, it's a very Tory uh newspaper which is the right right yeah um the conservative mm. uh the bad newspaper. ones the bad ones <laughs> you know the ones we don't the ones what we don't like <laughs> and um his like his profile he's also a fucking lecturer at cambridge university in history but that's second to nothing against the fact that he writes for the tory uh, for the <laughs> telegraph <laughs> you know <laughs> I mean, it, it is. It's, it's, it's yeah, I know. It, it really is. Um, and like, so amongst his, he's got like twenty opinion pieces about Brexit and mm -hmm. how Brexit is the best thing to ever happen. And everyone, all the Remainers who are complaining about Brexit, 
suck and they're whiny liberal snowflakes and they should blah 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 um but he's also got ones as you'll so charmingly expect of someone like this about black lives Mm. matter and about um all of these statues being pulled down and he one quote was like anyone who's pulling down statues of britain's heroes are just trying to start a nihilistic culture war and who are breaking lockdown rules in order to because they are bored and lazy <laughs> it was like fuck <laughs> off dude um and i was like how can you be the historical consultant on a show like Les Mis for the BBC? And as I'm saying this, I'm like, because it's for the BBC mm-hmm. and that the scriptwriter was Andrew Davies. And like <laughs> a line I wrote in my PhD, which maybe I'll have to take out because it's quite passive aggressive, is like, if if Robert Toombs lived in the 19th century at the time of the June Rebellion, and he had seen these people building the barricades in France, he absolutely would have been the kind of person to be like, these young French boys are trying to start a nihilistic cultural oh war, taking down the heroes of France. And it's like, look around you, dude. <laughs> um, and, and, and he's, yeah, you know, he's talking about uh, Black Lives Matter and about... Um, police brutality and he like offhandedly is like um of course everyone really agrees that police brutality exists and racism racism exists but also we should be talking about the white working class boy and how he is being uh sidelined by all of these bame people taking up all of the resources and jobs coming from outside of our country which <sighs> anyway um and it's yeah like (laughs) Victor Hugo is literally like hey isn't it great when the police are held accountable for their actions and then someone like Robert Toombs and Andrew Davies are like writing this this six-part miniseries and they're like hey wouldn't it be great if the police weren't held accountable for their actions (laughs) and also wouldn't it be great if the policeman was actually the black person because actually if you think about Mm. it uh Black people aren't oppressed, uh, so uh, checkmate. I <laughs> <laughs> will have to say, careful before you give Victor Hugo too much credit there, Nemo. <laughs> <laughs> that's true, that's true. <laughs> like, we can just, you can never say anything too positive about a thing Hugo does or says. Uh, like no, yeah. even when you know we're here, like we were rooting for you because it just <laughs> isn't long before he's like. So anyway, but uh, yeah, before yeah. we get to that, when we're still living in this like, oh wow, the fear of making a mistake and getting sacked means that you don't do shit <laughs> and just hope <laughs> for the best. Um, so Javert's thinking, oh, if I if imagine if I arrest this sweet granddad with his eight-year-old daughter and they've got money and i take him to the police station a bad look (laughs) oh yeah that's right yeah 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 because they're not poor people so actually it's fine if you don't arrest them (laughs) um and anyway it is worth repeating javert has scruples of his own it's like victor hugo realized that i was like not ready to 
be told that he had scruples. So in, in one chapter, Hester repeats it several times. <laughs> like, wait, I need to characterize this little bastard. <laughs> um, so he is genuinely in doubt. And Jean Valjean was walking with his back to him in the darkness. So how is he meant to know yet? <laughs> I mean, you would think that... Uh... Javert would know what uh, Jean Valjean's backside looks like in the darkness. <laughs> <laughs> well, the sorrow and anxiety and the despondency has actually changed Jean Valjean's walk. So he does look like an old man because uh, usually Javert wouldn't have been misled. And indeed he was. <laughs> so you're correct, but it's been accounted for. Excellent. We love to see it. Um, so he's kind of creeping along behind Jean Valjean with his little gang of boys. Just some boys about town. And Javert's like, okay, let's say that this isn't Jean Valjean. And if he's not a respectable old gentleman, that must leave. And there's only one other option. Dangerous gang leader giving money to the poor to conceal his other talents. An old trick, that one. <laughs> <laughs> and Javert imagines this whole like and he's gonna have henchmen and he's gonna have this and he's gonna have accomplices so he's getting to love out this whole AU as well <laughs> the mafia AU there is one where they're both evil and there's some hate fucking involved mm -hmm, mm -hmm, classic <laughs> well in this AU Jean Valjean went into the family business the adopted family business of Bishop Muriel, of being the big mafia boss. Mmm, yes. Oh, yeah, I forgot that Bishop Muriel was the mafia boss. Oh, man. Yeah. And uh, I... Man, we need to write a novel. We're so much better at this. <laughs> than Our Victor passion would God. be better, and we would stop halfway through the chase scene to talk about <laughs> something else. <laughs> Actually, no, that's exactly what I'm going to do. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so absolutely. He's imagining this very exciting alternate universe that me and Nemo will write. Title <laughs> pending. No, the title is... <laughs> his, his... His bird flew the nest or whatever. <laughs> something, something, his bird. His bird had flown. Yeah. <laughs> I cannot wait. Uh... Coming to the stage, 2026. 20, <laughs> And then to a theatre near you, 2030. Yeah. What is the harm in waiting? To, just to be sure. And Javert's very confident that this probably sexy crime bus... <laughs> is, he's, like, confident that he can't escape, so he's going to continue following him. And it's only when the bright light that was spilling out from a bar... So at the end of the bridge that, if we recall, for some reason, Jean Valjean was like, I'm going to walk across this whole lit plaza. I've been so careful up to this point, but I'm feeling really good about walking straight across this huge lit plaza. And don't you know it, that's when Javert sees him. So. And, okay, this ticks like several of your PhD boxes. <laughs> well, PhD box and then just our enjoyment box. Mm -hmm. There are, in this world, two creatures that quiver intensely. <laughs> the mother who finds her lost child and the tiger that comes 
comes on its prey. Oh, dear. <laughs> I don't like that wording. But that's what it says in the tiger that comes on its prey. Javert had that intense quivering. Did he now? That intense quivering before he comes on his prey. <laughs> oh, no. It just, like, I didn't clock it like that when I just read it to myself. But reading it aloud, because I was just like, oh, here's some, you know, gender roles in Javert and some quivering. But I guess also some coming. Yeah, inescapable coming. And I guess, like, no matter how much quivering is in a Valverfic, from now on, we've just got to be like, no, that's right. He, he, he does quiver. <laughs> he does quiver before getting consumed. <laughs> and now he is certain he has identified Jean Valjean. He's like, oh, wait, there's only three of us. This is not enough of us to take down Jean Valjean. <laughs> so he goes to another police station to get reinforcements. Before you grasp the thorny six stick, you put on gloves. <laughs> um, but it's this... I mean, is the condom the glove or what? <laughs> and the dick is the thorny stick? Or... Yeah, you know, Jean Valjean's a cat. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we shouldn't write the novel. <laughs> yeah, I think we need to be stopped. <laughs> I think that's for the best. So uh, that delays him that he's like, I'm going to get more backup. But he knows this man so well that he's like, right, Jean Valjean, he's going to want to put a river between us. And like a bloodhound setting its nose to the ground to keep on the right track. He bowed his head and reflected, and he's just so sure he knows where he's going to go, and you know what? He's right. (laughs) Uh, So he checks at the bridge. Yes, I did make him pay a toll for him and his gal, says the toll collector. So he's like, great, on the right track. And then there's a lot of the like, well, and in his mind palace that he's like, oh, if he's going here, then... I now can construct the web of all of the streets around here and this is how I'm going to trap him. <laughs> uh, and he gets re- he's getting very excited about this. He's very sure of himself, takes a pinch of snuff. Then he began to have fun. <laughs> he's full of fiendish delight, letting his men go on ahead, knowing that he's going to be the one to make the arrest. He's delaying the moment of the arrest. Like He could already do it, but he cannot resist this little like chase, this slowly like drawing of the net, uh, gloating over him with that relish the spider takes in flitting of the fly, uh, claws and talons enjoy a monstrous thrill. How delicious is this snuffing out? <laughs> <laughs> what an artist. <laughs> he was in ecstasy for stuff. <laughs> He doesn't even need the snuff. It's not even really snuff. It's just um it's just the pure raw excitement <laughs> from smelling Jean Bajon on the air. He scented him like Oh no. <laughs> You backed yourself into that corner and no. like the spider, I am catching you. <laughs> no. I said smelled, you made it scented. <laughs> Well, then you led me onto this trap, <laughs> onto this track, and trapped me. Thinking of those AUs, um, ecstasy, tightening his grip, mm. um, the very idea. <laughs> Sorry, I just... <laughs> Go on. The, 
Uh, I know I talk about fanfiction so much on this podcast, and if anyone who actually does mark my PhD eventually listens to this... What, all of it? Whatever. But, like, um, I did think of the, like, uh, Titan's grip and was like, you know, when you're, like, in fanfiction <laughs> trying to uh, edge play and so you... Uh... Don't go off too early now. Yeah. Anyway, carry on. Um... No matter how energetic, strong, and desperate Jean Valjean might be, Javert's like, I got this. And then he reached the center of his web, and he found the fly was gone. You can imagine his fury. <laughs> <laughs> I loved that line so much. So he's so busy being like, ha 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 ha, when I've slowly trapped you and I have my gloating moment and I'm stood over you and he's gone, you look like a fool. <laughs> he really is like, I mean, I feel like he's he's the um, the meme that keeps going around of the like, um, fellas, is it gay if you and your rival spend too much time looking deeply into each other's eyes? <laughs> Like, he's having so much fun just, like, being the um, villain without actually doing anything. Yeah. And then he's... He's Megamind. Oh, my God. <laughs> Write me that, AU. I am obsessed <laughs> with the movie Megamind. That's not a joke. <laughs> I honestly am. <laughs> um, yeah, Javert, certainly Napoleon made mistakes during the war. And Alexander made mistakes during the war in India. And Caesar during the war in Africa. And Javert made mistakes in this campaign against Jean Valjean. So I guess at least he he gets to be likened to these very, you know, you automatically go to be like these important men. And like, I guess they are historically, but like characters that you just like know that fucking old Victor Hugo is like, I am also like Caesar. <laughs> you know, like when you're trying to fight that vibe so much, but also you're gay and you're reading it. So you're like, well, don't we all have a Caesar and reading about Greek and Roman history phase? Mm, exactly. The great men theory kind of like gets unplugged a little bit when you... Uh... When you gay. <sighs> when you gay. But then, so that feeds into the, so is this a big deal for you, Javert? Because it's being likened to like these big moments, like these big mm. wars that left a lot of historical impact. So is this leaving a big impact on you, Javert? Mm-hmm. I'm also thinking like, it's an interesting thing to be like, at least the, um, was it Napoleon in Africa? Uh, so Napoleon in Russia, Alexander mm. in India, Caesar in Africa, Cyrus mm. in Scythia, and Javert mm. and Jean Valjean. <laughs> These are all the same. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ugh, warmongering. I don't know. I was going to say something and try and be political or historical, <laughs> but it's okay. I feel like we all know my thoughts on this. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is where... We maybe well. What what is it that you're trying to say, Victor Hugo? So he's like, so Javert made a lot of mistakes in this campaign, and those mistakes were asking for help and not being sure of himself and just doing the job and just arresting him. He doesn't know if it's Jean Valjean. Just arrest him, you fucking idiot. The huntsman cannot afford to make too many precautions. He was wrong to play that. <laughs> like at once saying that kind of thing, like. There's a lot of uh, hunting fox analogy. Javert is a dog. You get the picture. 
And then it does say, you know, he was wrong to play that dreadful and childish game of teasing. Keeping such a man on the end of a line. Overestimated himself. At the same time, he underestimated himself by deeming it necessary to recruit backup because he doesn't need backup. Because he's a great man. Well, he's like, wait, I haven't shown Javert being real good at his job. I better tell it really quick. Um, so Javert made all these mistakes, yet was one of the cleverest and most competent spies that ever existed. You must take my word for it. Um, it was in the full sense of the term what in hunting is called a steady hound. But which of us is perfect? Question mark. Oh my god. So that was so that that paragraph was part of the same one with the Napoleon Alexander. <laughs> like, that paragraph goes a lot of places. Yeah, he's um he he likes his little OC, doesn't he? He do. I think he decided right now that he liked his OC. <laughs> he's really great, guys, and like I in in another world, like he he is he's a really good hunter, and you have to believe me on this, but like He's not there's like bad like he he can't he can't catch Jean Valjean but like he he is good at his job. <laughs> he tries really hard. He tries too hard and that's bad, but also he shouldn't have needed backup. He should have tried harder, but also he did it all right. But he did he does have some weaknesses. <laughs> and that's But which of us is perfect? <laughs> Literally, it's like new paragraph, but which of us is perfect? Question mark. Next paragraph. <laughs> um and that because Hugo's being like, you fool, you wasted so much time being unsure of yourself and getting backup and going through the proper channels, that he's definitely like ribbing on Javert for doing that mm. so you're like so he should have just run straight in Victor Hugo I guess that's what you just said though I mean how how much do we think of that is like um because at the end of the day he is trying to say that Javert was wrong I mean he does uh complete suicide at the end in order to make Victor Hugo's point that his that his 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 thought of this is wrong uh, he should have just run straight in without thinking and like just captured Jean Valjean is like telling the audience like he should have done. In some ways I b- would believe that Victor Hugo is like genuinely being like he should have caught Jean Valjean mm. at this point. I'm trying like I'm going over that whole paragraph because that made me think like oh is this meant to be like oh this is Javert POV thinking about himself what a fool am I. But I don't know, <laughs> reading it over, because he's like, perhaps he was wrong to hesitate in recognizing the convict. Maybe that first that first glance should have been enough. He was wrong not to simply arrest him at the tenement. Wrong not to detain him. Wrong to confer with his aides. Certainly, expert advice is useful. It is good to know which dogs can be relied on, and to look to and to look to them. But the huntsman cannot afford to take too many precautions when hunting a nervous animal. Javara alerted the beast by letting it get wind of them and cause, caused it to bolt. And then it gets into the like, he was wrong to play that dreadful and childish game of teasing. Overestimated himself, blah blah. Underestimated himself, blah blah. So like, I don't know where Victor Hugo is on this because mm-hmm. I could completely see what you're saying and i think you could definitely take parts of this paragraph 
to make that point. But you could also take parts of this paragraph to be like, no, but he doubles down a fair bit on like... I think the biggest problem that Hugo is having with him is that he was enjoying the teasing. Mm. But I would love, maybe not right now, but if you read this chapter, what you... Oh, like, Because obviously you only get what I read to you, so it's <laughs> going to be most of the time what I am going to say to make whatever point I'm going to make. But if as a whole it has more of that vibe, it would be very interesting. I, I wonder how much is... The what we've said before of like even though Victor Hugo said all these things like um a weed is not a weed if you like use it in the proper way mm. or like people are whatever you know uh, they need uh good support and leadership mm. and stuff but then still makes the Tenardiers like irredeemably bad because they're like uh, reaching for things that they they're shouldn't self-taught have. and I don't like that <laughs> yeah exactly I guess with with this, I wonder if it's that, like, it's not so much Javert should or should not be doing these things because the law should be different, but should or should not be doing these things because he's catching Jean Valjean, who is the good guy mm. uh, protagonist. And if it was anyone else uh, <laughs> in the world who was being chased, then, like, you know... Uh, Javert shouldn't have asked for help or uh, shouldn't have asked for help and shouldn't have blah 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 whatever all these yeah. things he's done but because it's Jean Valjean it's like that's the only reason why it's acceptable <laughs> yeah it's like it's so hard to say with Hugo because if that if the case if this paragraph is him being like Javert you could have had him but then that would put the paragraph about because the newspapers can be like hey the police did this shit thing and they're being more careful that would give that a whole new light like it is victor hugo including that to be like oh if only this wasn't happening if we would only respect the authorities Mm. he wouldn't have to check all of this and be worried that if he does something wrong like i can't quite tell yeah because i immediately heard that and was like oh it's a good thing (laughs) because accountability is a good thing but if victor hugo in the 19th century is like actually cancel culture is bad and uh (laughs) yeah the woke left is trying to censor me so so i just don't know maybe (laughs) since he did get exiled for his like writing his opinions and things and being held accountable for his act i mean not really accountable he was exiled to to a palace basically but yeah to a palace um but like not for good reasons as far as i can remember Uh it was just because napoleon didn't like him right and his like political opinions Mm. of like we shouldn't have you you're a bad person like um he wasn't exiled for doing a crime or something like that um i guess treason is a crime but anyway (laughs) uh not a crime that i accept um (laughs) What was I saying? Um, uh, oh yeah, like being held like uh, mm, accountable. accountable by the like public because the newspaper reports you, and then like this whole institution is being like kept. But then, but then, <laughs> but then he wants that, right? He wants like writing and journalism yeah. to be able to change things. So now I'm swinging back the other way. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> this would be a very inter- like good essay to write, as in. When you have to argue both sides before coming to a conclusion, there's just so much 
to pick yeah. from to talk about. <laughs> Who knows, Hugo? Maybe we've got to come back to this one. Yeah. See where he goes with it some more. We never will. We'll forget it instantly. But yeah, uh, every <laughs> come time back to it. I see um, Destiny written down, I forget why I'm looking at it, but I always am like, Destiny! <laughs> <laughs> So maybe a lingering memory of like Victor Hugo, police qu- question mark, Javert, yeah. a fool. <laughs> but he's like, so he's just, you know, said he made all these mistakes. But, but, but he is a really good spy. And even though his man just got away, he doesn't <laughs> lose his head. He does some really good policing now. Let me tell you about it. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just like, you know, he sets up a room sets up a perimeter he's very meticulously checking the area combed the neighborhood all night and comes across the damage to that street lamp with the rope that had been cut let's not forget (laughs) that because it made it into the show (laughs) (laughs) um and that actually almost that clue puts him slightly on the wrong track so they keep searching these gardens and his wasteland as if he might be searching for a needle and ultimately just has to put some men on watch and return to the prefecture ashamed like a narc bested by a thief. (laughs) (laughs) Which I guess you are a narc and Jean Valjean has been accused of being a thief, so... Yeah. Exactly like that. It's not a simile. (laughs) It's It's just a a fact. Yeah. And that was that chapter. Excellent. Well... We learned some things about Javert and uh, his relationship with man. (laughs) What makes him feel ecstasy. Yeah. What gets him hot under the collar. (laughs) What makes him scent. What makes him swallow up. Oh, yes. Let us never forget the swallowing up. Yeah. It did make me wish reading this chapter that, um, that I'd been keeping like mind maps. Like, if I had one on Javert, and every time, like, a canonical fact about Javert, I would add it to this mind map. I do have a uh, list of every time he gets described physically Okay, well, then you're doing it instead. (laughs) Because I know the artist thing. Like, I knew it wasn't that he does art. His artistry Mm. is his being police boy. He does that so good. But, like, it's nice to think about (laughs) that he has a hobby. He can't have a hobby, Stevie. Are you kidding me? <laughs> His hobby is the law. Yeah, that's what makes him a dog and a, a wooden-hearted man. He has no relationships. He has no hobbies. He's just the law. He's got snuff. He has got snuff. His one vice is his pinch of snuff. Mm. Snuffing out. What a word that was to read. Yeah. Well, that's all I've got for you. Okay, great. Well, <laughs> uh... This has been Brand Barricades, a Lamers podcast, uh, produced by me, Nemo Martin, and Julian Yap. It was a Captain's Collections podcast. If you would like me to write more into my PhD, please donate to us on Ko-fi or Patreon. Does it count um, if it if a couple people kick in a tiny bit and it equals twenty pounds? Yeah, yeah. Our goal is twenty pounds, mm-hmm. and if we stretch that goal, then. Uh, <laughs> Then, uh, then it'll become a paragraph about war in my PhD, which I'll have to defend in real person 
to some people at Aviva someday and I'll have to straight face look into my PhD supervisor's eyes on a Teams, Microsoft Teams call and say, Jean Valjean was vored by Javert and it will be great. That you- was my ASMR pitch. <laughs> Well, you have to do like a little asterisk to the bottom of the page and be like, Vor is the uh, this, and it was oh, first created in this. If we reach a 100 pounds from this, then it won't be a footnote. It will be in the <laughs> in main the text. text. <laughs> yeah. First popularized um, in. And here's a fan fiction that you can read. Um, I'm assuming there's at least one Vor Valverfic. Chances are, oh, I guess it's not really. Mm, I don't know. I don't know if it feels right for this fandom. No. As I was saying it, I was like, I don't think so. I mean, it's not something I've actively yeah. <laughs> searched for, so I don't know whether I don't know what the dynamic usually is for for pairings. Mm. Um, but we'll see and if you write a fan fiction <laughs> which is uh, any lamez pairing that has vor in it and you would like it to go into my phd then let me know <laughs> this you can is an send open us an call. email to lamezpodcast l-e-s-m-i-s podcast at gmail.com or you can send this fan art directly to my eyes on twitter at lamezpodcast on twitter or on Tumblr at Bread and Barricades. <laughs> Review us five star out of five star for Nemo for ASMR. Yeah, please do. And uh, that should exactly be what the title is. And if you do do that, you should send me a screenshot on on our email address so that I can put that into my PhD. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like you almost immediately had regret in your voice, but you kept going. You've like kept going for the last two minutes. So yeah, you're a soldier, I mean, soldiering on. <laughs> Art sound designer is Jade, who you can find on her website jadewasabi.com or on her Bandcamp jadewasabi.bandcamp.com to give us money and produced by. Yeah, I, I think we think can. That's put everything. you out of your misery. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I. If you've got this far into the podcast, we're on, what, season two, episode nine, I think we're, like, definitely in the 60s, maybe 70s of episodes by now, then you do know that, you know, no harm, no foul with kink stuff. I'm not trying to shame anyone. If you've got your kinks, then that's fine. We want to be a part of it in Nemo's PhD. Exactly, yeah. And if you have the pride to be able to stand up and say, you know what, I I'm a war person <laughs> and I would like the world to know, then I'm here to support that dream for you. Um, the end of this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I just got heartburn at the end of that little speech you gave. <laughs> <laughs>